before and after series into family series, and, and I, I kind of, when I was preparing for this week, I thought, well, what, a, what a cool transition, how the Lord just showed me some things, and so we'll, we'll work those through, and we'll kind of talk about them, uh, and, and, and hopefully you'll grab it. I want you to gravitate to it. I think, I think you will. Um, one is I love family. I love uh, the family that God has given uh, Janie and myself with our, with our children and in-laws and our grandchildren just all the blessing that they are, and so I, uh, I'm so thankful for that. I love family. I love the family that I came from. I love my uh, my parents who are deceased. I love my brothers and sisters. I I love their families. I love Janie's family. Her her mom is still alive, and and her brothers and brother and sisters, and I love them all. I just I love family, and so we're gonna transition from the before and after, and I'll I'll hit that uh, here in a little bit into the family series so that we can understand. So if you have family issues, if you have family problems, if you have uh, just, you want to know the, the nuts and bolts of, of family, we hope to cover that over the next six or seven weeks, just about what family is. Janie and I learned a lot of things uh, just on the run. You know, we kind of built the airplane in the air. We were very, very young, 19 and 17 when we got married, and very, very young when we had kids, and uh, didn't do everything right, didn't do everything perfect, but ev- did everything with a pure heart, and that's a big thing when you're raising family, okay? You gotta, you gotta, your heart's gotta be right, and so we'll cover some of that, but today we're gonna talk about family, we're gonna talk about just, just cool thing that God created, because in churches, we're a church family, and families are growing, and families are are doing good, but yet sometimes family comes in with a little bit of pain, a little bit of hurt. We'll talk about that as well today. So let's go to Acts, the 16th uh, chapter, and we're going to read verses 31 through 34. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your family. Some translations say, so we'll use the word family there. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all those who were in his family, his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once. This is a centurion asking by how he can be saved, by the way. He and all of his, everybody say family family. Okay, verse 34. Then he brought them up into his house, our family, and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire family, and they had believed in God. Father, we thank you so much. We pray for families today. We pray for households today. We pray for families, Lord, that are are learning, are growing, are are needing you, Father, Lord, and we, we pray that our hearts would be open to hear everything that you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Uh, I, I shared, and I'll, I'll share again in the past about just our, our families. Janie and I uh, were fortunate enough to have good, what we would have called back in the day, nuclear families, okay? Uh, say mom and dad, uh, brothers and sisters, all biological. Janie's from a very good family. Uh, I'm from a very good, I love my family. I love my, my brothers and sisters. I'm the youngest of eight, okay? And so uh, all of our grandparents are from uh, Europe, uh, Poland and Belgium. And European families are very communal. And so um, uh, in our home, there was eight of us kids, two parents, and then my dad's dad lived with us for 14 years. And after he passed away, my mom's mom moved with, lived with us for three years. And so there was a family basically of 11 people in a house that was 1,454 square feet with one bathroom and a Pittsburgh potty. Did anybody know what a Pittsburgh potty is? Pittsburgh potty is a toilet in your basement, unfinished basement, by the way, with no walls or door. 
Like, you just go downstairs. And trust me, if there's 10 other people in the house and someone's in the bathroom, you're okay going downstairs. You just want to make an announcement before you go down. I'm going downstairs to use the, re- the bathroom. Like, in other words, don't anybody else come down because there's no walls. There's no door. There's no lock. Oh, by the way, there's also no uh, gray students today. The gray student leaders thought maybe you'd want to hear this message. And so there was a Pittsburgh potty in South Omaha, 5022 South 41st Ave, Omaha, Nebraska. That's where I grew up. But we had great times in that house and great, great family members. It wasn't until, well, I'll tell you this, and I guess I never thought it unusual until I got to Omaha South High School where I met Janie my senior year. She was a sophomore and we ended up getting married a short time after that. But in my formative years, my elementary school years, um, nobody in our neighborhood, uh, nobody, no parents in my grade school uh, ever had a divorce. Like the kids I knew and went to school with, they, they had mom and dad and all had biological brothers and sisters. The kids in our school, the families ranged from two in, in size, two kids, to 16 in size. The family of 16, the McLaughlins had one set of twins. The rest of them were all just individual pregnancies. And, um, and, and so I didn't, I didn't meet or know of anybody that was um, a non-nuclear family until I got to my freshman year uh, at, at South High School. Then we, we, we I kind of saw how, we went to a, a private elementary school. My dad, somehow my dad put us all through private elementary school from K through eighth grade. And then the four oldest, they went to a private high school. And I think they had to pay or help pay after their first year. The four youngest, we all went to, to South High School uh, where, where it was free. And I like to joke, you get what you pay for. But you actually get what you put into it right? Public schools are are good. Teachers are great. Can we give it up for teachers today? Thank you, teachers, for all that you do. Seriously, thank you. Whether it's homeschool, private school, public school, whatever it is, thank you. Thank you for for filling that role. Thank you for pouring into the next generation. So private school, all eight of us, and then the older four, private high school, the younger four, public high school, and uh, first time I met someone from a, a divorced family or a, a non-nuclear family was in high school. I met a, a friend in high school who had a whole different upbringing uh, than I did. His mom and dad lived together before they got married, and although they were pure in the relationship, uh, his mom got, got pregnant with him by another person. Uh, and so the fiance left, like, this is, this is wrong, but he loved her so much, he came back uh, to her. And so at some point in time during his uh, early childhood, they explained to him that uh, you're, you're, not, you're not mine, you're, you're mom's, but you're not. And so he kind of longed uh, to be, you know, to find his, his father, to, to be with his father. Uh, yet he loved his, his stepfather. He, and his stepfather was a, a good person. But then they had, they had more children. They had another four, five, six kids, and they were all biological. And so he was always kind of the odd person out. You, you know what I'm saying? He's like, he, he knew that he wasn't necessarily one of them. He was, he, he, he was 
he was hers, but he wasn't his, and all these things were going through his mind. And then he, and around high school or so, his stepfather passed away. And, and so he had to, uh, they had a small business, a uh, family business, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to pray for uh, small business owners today, a small family business that he had to help run. Uh, his mom never remarried. She was a, a single parent uh, throughout the rest of, of his lifetime. And so he put away his aspirations, his desires, his, his career goals he set aside and, and so that he could help with the family business. He, he, he had a really close cousin that, that he loved dearly, uh, and uh, his cousin got brutally murdered. Uh, it, just, it was a, just a horrible scenario after, after scenario. And again, I, this is not something that I was accustomed to uh, growing up, and, 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 and he just had one tragedy, tragedy after another. Uh, when he hit his, his early 30s, he was single, he was alone, he was homeless, and he died with nobody by his side except for, for his mother. And it, and it just, it pains me to know that, uh, like, man, I, where was I at? What, 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 kind of, what kind of friend was I? What kind of friend am I when, when somebody goes through those horrible things and they, and they happen? And yet when I was praying this week and actually cried several times in preparing for this message and, and, I, and I was in the car alone a couple times, I said, Lord, you're... You're, you're so you're 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 so faithful. I love the songs that we sing through the highlands and the heartaches. God is there all the time. He's with us all the every day. He's with us, and yet I wondered how many people in our church, right here at Grace Church, are maybe hurting with some of the things that my my friend had to go through. And I, and so I'm just going to ask you some questions, and if they apply to you, and if you're okay with it, I want you to stand in a moment, and we'll start off kind of easy, and then a couple things may be painful. If they are, then I, I apologize, and you don't have to stand if you choose not to, but I would like you to stand in a moment if it applies to you, because I need to see, and, and, and I need to make a point when, after we're through this. If, you, if you've had a parent or lost a parent, a mom or dad, I'd like you to stand right, right now. If one of your parents is deceased, yeah, go ahead and, and stand. Absolutely. If, 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 you, if, you, if you've lost a spouse, if you've lost a son or a daughter inside the womb or outside the womb, I'd, I'd like you to stand if you're not standing already. Keep standing if you're okay. All right. And then if, you, if you're a single parent household, if, you, if you're running this journey by yourself, whether it's divorce or death or whatever, but you're a single parent, I'd like you to, to stand if you would, if you're a single parent. If, if, you're, if you're just single, if you're like, man, I, I don't know when I'm going to get married or if I'm going to get married, but if you're single, I'd, I'd, like you, I'd like you to stand as well. If you're in a blended relationship, like you're a stepfather or a stepmother or a stepson or a stepdaughter, a half-sister or a half-brother, I'd like you to stand as well. I, it's important. Oh, my friend had all of these things in his life. I mean, it, it, think about that. Uh, you're, look, now look around and you'll see the majority. You'll see that you're not in this thing alone. I think one of the tricks of the enemy, if you're living, if you're living in a home that has a single parent, I'd like you to stand as well. So I think the trick of the enemy is that uh, I'm kind of doing this by myself. 
The trick of the enemy is that, well, if I, if I go to church and, and, and maybe, you know, I, I, maybe pastor will, will, will hit me on the head or, or maybe, maybe things, but my family doesn't match up to somebody else's family and my friend's family surely didn't and, and maybe some people here feel that same way. I want to tell you, first of all, that on behalf of Grace Church, we want to apologize to you for maybe not uh, handling your needs the way that maybe they should. For not being there for you if you mourn, or not being there for you if you if you wonder, not being there for you if you if you if you made some mistakes or you don't understand how these things happen. But I want you to look around. You are part of the majority, not part of the minority. And the devil is a liar. And the victory is already yours in Christ Jesus. See, we. I think I think sometimes we come to church. And, and we, we think everybody's okay, and not everybody's all right. There is pain in the building today. There is there's vicious pain. But maybe you've come through that pain, and now you're on the other side, and the Lord needs you to help somebody with their pain. In victory in Christ, we know that the enemy wants to beat us up in our head. Like there's nobody else cares or nobody else is going through what I'm through or, or nobody else knows my past. But all those things don't matter anymore. Whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. You're free in Christ Jesus. Give the Lord just a shout offering today. It's amazing when we recognize that we're in this together. We're all family. And I cherish my family. I cherish my wife's family. I cherish the family that we created. But yet there's pain in family members. There's pain in things that we go through. My friend who I said died single, alone, and homeless. And I wished I'd have been there for him. All that is true. But I... I left that one part. He rose on the third day. And his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he's the victorious warrior that watches over you and me all day long. You see, Jesus went through the very things that maybe you go through. He had a stepfather. He didn't belong. He had a cousin that was beheaded, brutally murdered. He was homeless. In fact, the scripture says in Matthew, he says that, hey, the birds have a nest. The foxes have a hole. But where does the son of man lay his head? So he was homeless. All of these things, you have more in common than what you know in Jesus Christ. And we don't have to be perfect when we come into the house of the Lord. We just have to know what grace is. Grace is sufficient for every single one of us and every single one of our needs. He loves you. He cares for you. And although we maybe have dropped the ball, churches across the world, can we pick it back up and say, we are in this together. We are family. We're part of each other's life. And you're hurting, we need to hurt. We're hurting, you need to hurt. We need to hurt together. Can you say amen? Give the Lord one more shout before you sit down today. Praise the Lord. So again, if your family is a little bit different, like Jesus' family was, you're in good company. He feels your pain. He knows your pain. He knows who you are. He knows where you're coming from. The scripture shows us, I think, that whenever we look at things before the cross, they truly change after the cross. And when they change after the cross, they change for the better. 
So let's go to Mark's gospel, the third chapter, read 31 through 35. Jesus is doing ministry, and his mother and his brothers come. They stand outside. They sent to call him, uh, and, and after a crowd was sitting around, they said, hey, your mom and your brothers are outside. They're seeking after you, Jesus. He answered them, who are my mothers and my brothers? Our youngest grandson, Judah, he likes to say brothers. Who are my brothers? And so he used to say he had 14 brothers. I don't know why he came up with that, but I have 14 brothers. So I asked them last night, they spent the night, Judah, how many brothers you got? I don't have any brothers, he said. I am a brother. I got a sister, so now he's got it turned around. He's, he's in good shape. Jesus says, I don't have no brothers. And looking about him, those who sat around me said, hey, who are my, here are my brothers and my mother. For whoever does the will of the Father, he is my brother and my sister. And my mother. So I think, this is just my interpretation. I think Jesus' mom and brothers and sisters were trying to go save him from himself. Like if, if you think about him growing up and him always being the, the odd person out. In fact, when he was 12, one of the reasons he was at the temple at 12 was to be recognized by his father. And in the Jewish culture of the day, the father would take their son at 12 or 13, and they would say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But they wouldn't let Joseph do that because Joseph wasn't Jesus' father by Mary's admission. And so he couldn't do that, so he stayed after just to talk to the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the rulers of the temple, and he was sharing with them. So he knew by then who his father was or who his father wasn't. And then the day of baptism, and this is why baptism is so important, because baptism is... um, is something that Jesus did, all right? So we should obey that. The heavens open, and, and, the, and the Bible says there was a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And by the way, if you are going through something as a family or as an individual or a loss, we have a grief share class that's starting this Tuesday at 6 or 6.30 right here at this campus. You can sign up. There's a sign-up sheet. And so we, we are trying to put people in position so that they would understand that, hey, Jesus has all the answers. And if you look at an hourglass, if you see an hourglass goes wide and then it goes narrow, then it goes wide out again, it's, it's similar to our walk in Christ, okay? So Jesus' family, you just saw that. They're, they're coming, they're knocking. I can imagine the conversation around uh, Jesus' household growing up, uh, you know, uh, James saying to Jude or maybe going over to Mary, Hey, mom, uh, Jesus is at it again. He's calling himself the son of God. We don't know who the father is, but, you know, he's like, he's messed up. He, we, we, we don't know it. Or, or he, he's, you know, he's, he's reading those scriptures. He's not a rabbi. He's not in the rabbinic school. And they're saying these things, and now they're afraid Jesus is going to die. They're afraid that somebody's going to come and literally kill him because he's professed, I am the son of God. That is my father. And before the cross, they don't believe it. But if you look at the hourglass as a cross, everything funnels into that cross. At the cross, then will either uh, will either change you or it will choke you. It changes us because we receive what Jesus did on the cross. All of our sins, all of our past, all of our problems are nailed there, and now we become a new creature. It chokes us if we keep hanging on to the past all the time. 
The past regurgitates us. Well, I'm not good enough. I've made these mistakes. I've had these failures. I've got these issues. I've got these problems. I've got all these things in the past. They're all draining me all the time. It's choking us, and we need to be free from that. Whom the Son sets free is truly free indeed. And so if we look at the cross being in the middle of that hourglass, Jesus takes everybody just the way they are, and then he frees them and to be who they need to be in Christ Jesus. And uh, Jesus' family didn't understand that. They, they were coming to, to rescue him. They were coming to save him. They were coming to, and he's saying, well, who is my mother and brothers? My sisters are those who do the will of my father. But then that's pre-cross. Now, look after the cross for a second in uh, Acts, the first chapter in the 14th verse. All these with one accord, we're devoting themselves to prayer together with the woman. This is the upper room. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now all of a sudden, they get it. Where before, they didn't understand who Jesus was. And I want to tell you today that if you have issues in your life, like if you have problems in your life or problems in your family, if you will take them to Jesus at the cross, when you come out the other side, your family will be as happy and saved as the centurion family. You see, we, we think that we're messed up. We're no different than Jesus was. And Jesus had to take all his family to the cross as well. And because he takes them to the cross after the cross, it's supernatural. Like they receive and they accept him. And yes, they did see him walking on this earth, I'm sure, in the resurrected body. But we take it by faith. And Jesus, by the way, told Thomas, blessed are you more. Blessed is the Thomas than for seeing me. But blessed more are those people who didn't see me yet received me and accept me. You see, church, it's, it's not about what we do or who we are. It's about taking our issues to the cross. And if you've got any kind of issues, if you've got any kind of pain, if you've got any kind of thing in your life, a family situation that's bothering you, if you take that to the cross, there's a freeing experience. This is why Jesus died. I can see Mary watching her son die. People in our church that have lost children. I can see Mary being now the, 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 uh, the head of a single-family home with six kids, at least a minimum of six kids, maybe more. We, we can relate to people that Jesus was connected to because Jesus lived that life for us. And then after the cross, come on back, worship team. It's a short message today. We're just trying to get a point across. We're all in it together. Every single one of us is in this together. Every single one of us has something that we can relate to Jesus. In, in our biggest and largest dysfunctions in our family or our pain and our sorrows in our family or our hurts and our heartaches in our family, every single one of us have one thing in common, that Jesus walked through this thing with us and for us. But after the cross, when his family gets it, similar to the centurion, that your whole family will be saved, your whole household will be delivered, your whole house will be set free. He says house or family three times in that scripture that we read. And I would say that the same to you today. Your household, your family, deliverance, your family, your household, your house. All those things will take place if you work it through the cross. If you work it through the cross of Christ, there's victory, there's freedom, there's deliverance. Stand with me today. I want to speak for just a moment to, to stepfathers. If you're a stepfather in our in our congregation. Fathers in general and stepfathers in particular. 
Joseph's not mentioned much in scriptures, really. We don't know when he died or passed away. We know, we know a little bit of, of his formative years. He, he was a carpenter. We know that he that was the family business. We know Jesus was a carpenter, so he took over for that. But we also know that he raised the Son of God. So stepfathers, if you're a stepfather, don't, don't mistake the importance that you play in your family's life. Don't mistake the things that God's doing through you. He was also a very good father. So let me speak to the fathers for a second. Uh, fathers, Joseph had two sons that wrote books of the Bible, James and Jude. Unbelievable. Just incredible. The, the amount of uh, energy and wealth that he poured into those, those kids. And the fact that Jesus post-cross changed their, their minds and their thinking. You see, we're formed too often by our past. We're not formed enough by our present walking into our future. When you came through that hourglass that looks like the cross and you, you, and you let Jesus change you by the power of his cross, you're changed, you're set free. And so if you're here today as we sing this next song, The Goodness of God, I love that song. I love the way my wife sings it. I love the energy and the soulfulness. I love the presence of the Holy Spirit that comes upon that song at Grace Church. So hear me, if you have issues, from the past, from the enemy haunting you, pestering you, bothering you. Just let him go. Understand that the cross changes you. He changes us. It changed Jesus' family. It will change yours as well. Let me pray, and then we'll sing. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Father Lord, for the freedom that the cross represents, that all of our sins, all of our doubts, all of our failures, past, present, and future, they were nailed to the cross. Lord, now we're changed. So we pray, Lord, that you renew our mind, you renew our, renew our thinking, renew our attitude, renew our heart. We pray for families here today that are uh, um, uh, blended families, that are single families, that, are, that have uh, death or decease in their families, or pain and hurt and heartache in their family. We pray for them today. Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for the courage that they've walked in. We thank you for the faith and honor that they've walked in. We thank you, Father Lord, for the strength that they've exhibited and showed walking through the pain that they've endured. So, Father, as, as Grace Church, as, a, as part of your kingdom, as part of your church worldwide, we honor them today. We bless them today. We thank you for them today and ask, Father Lord, that you would walk alongside of them with the power and the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, those that are single looking for spouses, bless them with the right spouse, not any particular spouse, but the right spouse. Father, those that are doing it alone, Father Lord, in a single parent household, you bring the right people in to help them, Father. Those that are hurting, Father Lord, because of a loss of a family member, God, we pray you give them encouragement and comfort, Father Lord. Those that are, Father, standing strong, knowing that they have a past that they don't, don't want anybody else to know about, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, you free them from that, God, Lord, so they can be whom you call call them to be in Jesus' name. We bless you, Father. We honor you and glorify you in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Let's sing one more song. God bless you today.
Thank you. 
Amen. One more time, put your hands together for Jesus. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's worthy of our praise. Amen. Did you appreciate that message today? Can you just appreciate your pastor? Thank you so much for bringing that word today. You know, it's easy to think that Jesus, being God, you know, doesn't really know how we feel. You know, Jesus did miracles, and he was kind of special, right? <laughs> like, extremely special. But even though he was fully God as he walked on this earth, he was fully man. And he knows what it's like to grieve. He definitely knows what it's like to feel pain. Jesus knows what it's like to be in your situation, to be tempted, to be tried, to walk through things that hurt in life. Amen? So when we go to him in prayer, you're going to somebody who knows what you're going through. And so today was a really great reminder of that. Just to, be, just to remember that we are a part of the family of God. And as you're here today and you might have seen somebody stand up next to you, um, if you're comfortable, you could ask him and say, hey, um, do you want to tell me, especially if you're close to them or even if you're not, why, why were you standing? Did you lose somebody or what's going on in your life? I didn't know, but... You know, get to know each other. That's what we're here for. So I just want to close in a word of prayer. We've already prayed for the offering. and We prayed for the small business owners. We were like, hey, we forgot. We didn't forget. Papa remembered. And don't, don't forget Grief Shares Tuesday. You know, and we've got all kinds of stuff going on here at church. So um, getting plugged in, get involved, join a prayer meeting, uh, do what you can do. Let's just go before the Lord one more time in prayer. Father, we thank you so much that you uh, sent your only begotten son to this earth. That whoever believes in you wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Jesus, we thank you that you were the word in heaven that became flesh and dwelt among us. That you experienced pain. You showed us the way, the only way to the Father, which is through you. God, and even when you left this earth, you sent us your spirit so that we would not be alone. Jesus, your name literally is Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you that because your spirit is here with us now, we are not alone, that we have you inside of us, dwelling in us, here even in this body, in this room today. So I pray that we would be the body of Christ, that we would hold each other up, that we would bear one another's burdens, Lord, that we would be present with each other. God, that those that are hurting today, they're not hurting alone, not only because your spirit is here, because the body of Christ is here, that we are together with you, Lord. I pray that you would fill us with your spirit, that you'd send us out of here to do the will that you've accomplished, that you've called us to do. We would accomplish it through your spirit. God, have your way in each one of our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday, Mother's Day. It's going to be wonderful. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.